0: So George Stott, he was a one-legged school teacher from Scotland, and he volunteered for missionary service in China in 1865 when he was asked, why with only one leg are you going to go out to China and be a missionary? And he said, I do not see those with two legs going, so I must. And this began more than 20 years of missionary work for him in China. Now, this is an amazing story, but it's also sad in some ways. Because here's a man who has one leg and he's disabled and he wants to go and share the love of Christ with others. But he also sees that there's so many other people that have two legs that are healthy and they can do that, but they don't. And so George Stott is what I would kind of call an unlikely missionary because of his disability of having one leg. Most likely, he would be turned down today for any mission trips. But he had a passion for telling others about Jesus. And despite his physical disabilities, he became an effective mission leader. So what is a missionary? If you're like me, many people picture a missionary as a middle-aged man who leaves his job in America to evangelize and plant churches in Africa, or a husband and wife who feel that they're called to pack up all their belongings and move to another part of the world where the gospel is not readily available. But that's a simple view of what a missionary is. Because a Christian and a missionary are the same thing. So if you're a believer in Christ tonight, then you are a missionary. Today we read stories about African Christians that are reaching out to Muslims in Middle East. Or we see many college students that are spending their summer teaching English in Asia. We also see families in America that go and they befriend and witness to international students. Or we also see truck drivers that respond to an international disaster. And there they meet not only their physical needs, but they also meet their spiritual needs. All of these people are missionaries. And the Webster's Dictionary defines a missionary as a person sent on a mission, especially on a religious mission. So, like I said a couple minutes ago, by that definition, each and every one of us who is a Christian is a missionary because every Christian. Is on a mission. If you can, please stand up and we're going to go to the Word of God in the book of Romans. So I have reason to be enthusiastic about all Christ Jesus has done through me in my service to God. Yet I dare not boast about anything except what Christ has done through me, bringing the Gentiles to God by my message. And by the way, I worked among them. They were convinced by the power of miraculous signs and wonders, by the power of God's Spirit. In this way, I have fully presented the good news of Christ from Jerusalem all the way to Illyricum. My ambition has always been to preach the good news where the name of Christ has never been heard rather than where a church has already been started by someone else. I have been following the plan spoken of in scriptures where it says, those who never have been told about him will see and those who have never heard of him will understand. In fact, my visit to you has been delayed so long because I've been preaching in these places. But now I have finished my work in these regions. And after all these years of waiting, I am eager to visit you. I am planning to go to Spain, and when I do, I will stop off in Rome. And after I have enjoyed your fellowship for a little while, you can provide for my journey. You can be seated. I love this portion of scripture that Paul wrote. And in these Bible verses, it gives us a little glimpse Into the missionary heart of Paul. And just like Paul, who I believe is one of the greatest missionaries in the history of the church, George Stott also had that same heart for Christian missions as Paul did. In Romans 15, we just saw that Paul is motivating those who are reading what he's writing. And we also see that Paul quotes from Isaiah when he says, from Isaiah 52, 15, when he says, For they will see what they have not been told. They will understand what they had not heard about. And by quoting the Isaiah passage here, Paul's revealing to his readers the clearest motivation in our sending and in our going. That God has purposed to gather a people from every nation who will enjoy his grace and extend his glory because we are on a mission because God is on a mission. So as the Blues Brothers said, we're on a mission from God. One thing that I love about Paul's writings is that he doesn't boast in his writings. Just like here in verse 18, if you think about it, Paul could have very well justified his missionary work by saying things like, it is my ambition to preach Christ where he is not known. I can do this because God blinded me when I was on my way to Damascus and he told me to personally take the gospel to the Gentiles. He very well could have said that because he was called by God on the Damascus road. But he doesn't. So we see here and we see in so many other of his writings that he's not boasting about himself. He's motivating his audience. And that should motivate us. And that should motivate us to continue telling others about Jesus. And that we don't boast about ourselves or what we've done. But we boast about Jesus and what he has done for us. Another missionary named David Livingston, he was in the 1800s and he was a physician from the 1800s that turned into a missionary. And he had a similar heart for sharing the gospel with unreached people. When he was 25, Livingston was captivated by an appeal for medical missionaries to China. And as he trained, the door to China was slammed shut by the opium wars. Within six months, he met a man named Robert Moffat, who was a veteran missionary of Southern Africa. And he enchanted him with tales of his remote station, glowing in the morning sun, with the smoke of thousand villages where no missionary has been before. So for 10 years, Livingston served as a conventional missionary in Southern Africa. He opened a string of missionary stations where he preached the gospel, he taught school, and he superintended the community garden. But his desire was to press further into the jungles. His goal was to open a missionary road, or also God's highway. It was 1,500 miles north into the interior to bring Christianity and civilization. To unreached people. and Because of all this. Livingston became one of the most famous. And fascinating figures. In British society. And he was known for these quotes. I will go anywhere. Provided it be forward. He also said. God send me anywhere. Only go with me. Lay any burden on me. Only sustain me and sever any tie in my heart except the tie that binds my heart to yours. And he also said, If you have men who will only come if they know where the road is good, I don't want them. I want men who will come if there's no road at all. Isn't that awesome? I love that. Our faith in Jesus Christ is such a personal thing. But we also must want to capture the heartbeat of God and reach the lost people around us. Those people that really matter to him. And I think many times we take for granted that everyone around us has heard about Jesus. And that's not true. I think you'd be surprised at how many people around us today have never heard the name of Jesus, or if they have, they have not heard who truly who Jesus truly is. All Christians are commanded by the Lord to go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Mark 16 15 says that to everyone not just those that we like, or those that we feel are gonna be receptive to it. Preach the good news to everyone. That means you, and that means me. It also reminds me of a story that I read of a lady who was taking a first aid course. And during the class, the students were asked by the instructor to give an example of how they'd already used their first aid training And this one woman in the back, she was so excited. She was raising her hand. She stood up and she said, I got to use my first aid training this week. I heard a terrible crash in front of my house. A car had run into my yard. The doors flew open on the car. There were some people injured there. And because I took this class, I knew exactly what to do. So I sat down. I put my head between my knees so I wouldn't pass out. But we're sometimes like that. We're like a bunch of people using first aid on ourselves when there's hurting people all around us. And this is why we all should share a missionary heart just like the Apostle Paul did. Just like George Stott did. And just like Mr. Livingston did. God has commissioned all of us, to reach our world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That commission is to make passionate followers of Christ wherever we go and whatever we do. Whether we're called to local ministry or if we're called to minister outside the United States. Someone once said that missions is the heartbeat of God. And it must also be the heartbeat of each and every church. Because missions is very important to God. We see it throughout the Bible. And even though the word missionary or missions is not found in the Bible, we see that concept all throughout the Word of God. Because God is a missionary God. He has and always has had a missionary heart. From Genesis to Revelation, we see this. It has always been God's heart to send people places. In Genesis 11 and 12, he told Abram to leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. So why would God do this? Why would God tell him that? Well, in Genesis 12, too, we find the answer. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. It was through Abram and his being sent that all the nations would be blessed. This is the purpose of missions. God sends people out to other places so that other places can be blessed. We also see it in the New Testament. We see that Jesus was also a missionary. He was sent from heaven by the Father to the earth. Jesus was sent with a purpose. He had a mission. And that was, like Luke 19.10 says, to seek and save those who are lost. He was on a rescue mission. And so are we. John 20, 21 says, As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. We are also sent to share the gospel to others, wherever the Lord leads us. When we also read in the book of Acts, we see that the Holy Spirit sends people. We see how important it is in the Great Commission, as well as in Acts 1, 8. Because the Bible is a story of God's global mission. And as we read through the Bible, we see page after page that it was God's plan before the foundation of the world to ransom people from every single tribe and every language and every nation. God is on a mission to gather people from every nation who will hear his word and enjoy His grace. So let's think about it for a minute. Let's think about the mission field. Many times, when we talk about the missions or mission fields or missionaries, we think of being, as I said, called out to the country where Christianity isn't readily available, where it's not known. But we're also called to minister locally. We as believers in Christ need to always minister in our own Jerusalem. Acts 1.8 tells us about that. About how Jesus told his disciples to go out to Jerusalem and preach the gospel. Preach the good news. And I love what it says in the book of Acts. In Acts 5.28 it says, We gave you strict orders never again to teach in this man's name. Instead, you have filled all of Jerusalem with your teaching about him. And you want to make us responsible for his death. The King James Version says, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. Can you imagine how awesome it would be if people told us that you have filled all of Brownstown or all of Down River Or all of Michigan with your teachings of Jesus Christ? How awesome would that be? And Paul also wrote in 2 Corinthians 3, 2, and 3, he said, You are our letter, written in our hearts, known and read by all men, being manifested that you are a letter of Christ, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stones, but on tablets of human hearts. Another missionary named Annie Johnson Flint, she was a poetess and a hymn writer in the 1800s and the 1900s. And from this Bible verse, she wrote a poem And in it, it said, We are the only Bibles the careless world will read. We are the sinner's gospel. We are the scoffer's creed. We are the Lord's last message given in deed and word. What if the type is crooked? And what if the print is blurred? I've said this in earlier sermons. We sometimes... Are people's only Bible that they will ever read? And we need to be a witnessing church. Just like the church, the early church was a witnessing church. The early church believed that people needed Jesus, and they believed that Jesus lived in them, and that the Holy Spirit's and with the Holy Spirit's guidance, they could continue what he had begun. To do and teach, and so should we. They knew all that Jesus had done for them, and they received new life in Him. And they've been changed from the inside, and they wanted to tell every single person they could, and so should we. They communicated the good news with boldness and with consistency. And so should we. If you look at Peter, who earlier was afraid, and he even denied Jesus three times, now he is willing to preach to the same people who crucified Jesus, and he spoke with boldness and confidence. And because of that boldness, they wanted to put him in jail, and they wanted to kill him. But when he got out of jail... He went back to the church and he prayed for more boldness. And he went back out and he spoke the word of God. Paul was also a very bold preacher and teacher. He became one of the boldest preachers and teachers after his conversions. And just like Peter and the other disciples, he was willing to risk his life for the sake of spreading the gospel to every single person they could. And I think that we need to continually need to pray for that boldness and that humility that these men had so that we also can go out and unashamedly tell others that Jesus died for our sins and that he rose on the third day and that without his death, on that cross, we have no hope Of God's forgiveness. And without Jesus rising from the dead, we have no hope of eternal life. It's by his resurrection that Jesus broke the power of sin and death and hell and Satan. And we no longer need to fear what lies beyond that grave because Jesus' resurrection confirmed that God accepted his sacrifice. And by putting our faith and our trust in him, we will be saved. So there's so many opportunities to serve locally where we can all make an impact and live our faith out for all to see. A couple ideas that I wrote down here are you can volunteer in your own community. We all live in so many different communities There's some people that live around in this community in Brownstown. There's some that live, um, we live down south towards Monroe and in Monroe. So we all have different communities that we can volunteer in. And when we volunteer in our own communities, we represent God to other people that are around us. And we can witness to others, and we can pray with and for others while we're volunteering. You can volunteer for church events. We have so many events throughout the year, and we're always looking for volunteers to help reach out to our community here. And the great thing is we have an app now, and you can go on the app, and you can see all of the events throughout the year that we have. So there's no excuses. By the way, as you heard, Fall Fest is celebration is coming up on October 30th, Wednesday, October 30th and we still need volunteers. So see Becky. Or if you want to do security, you can see Becky and me. We'll talk about it. (laughs) Another way is that we can get to know our neighbors. Go out and talk to your neighbors, even those you don't necessarily like or get along with. If you have elderly neighbors, you can cut their grass or you can shovel their snow. Invest in their life. Invest in them. You live next to them. You live around them in the same community. Find out about their lives. Find out about their family. Invite them to church. Invite them to church. Amen, right? We talked about that before. There's a lot of people out there that are waiting for somebody to invite them to church. The other good thing is we always know, we always have, pastor always talks about what he's going to preach about so we know that when we do talk to our neighbors, we can tell them, hey, our pastor's preaching on this this weekend. Why don't you come and enjoy it? We can also pray with them. And you can also ask, what do you need prayer for? We can also have good discussions with our coworkers. We all have different jobs. We all do different things. And many of us don't work for Christian companies. So sometimes it might be a little bit harder to have a good discussion about God. But there are many ways that you can also. You can invite your coworkers who you're close with, invite them to come to church with you. Have a discussion about what Woodland Church is all about or what your faith is all about. You can have them Invite them to any of our events, tell them, "Hey, bring your family. We're having a fall fest celebration, or we're having our Christmas services." There's so many ways that we can share our faith with others. And if you're not too comfortable about sharing your faith with others, I would suggest that you attend Woodland 401, because pastor there will teach you how to interact with others and give you some ways to share your faith. And I think the next one's on October 27th. So talk to Pastor about that. He'll talk a little bit more about that also. We also have Bread of Life Ministries, where they prepare hot meals and collect clothing for the homeless in Detroit. They do this once a month. month. So there's so many things that we can do to minister to others locally. But then there's also some who are called to global or world missions. And so some people are called to go to other countries and other places to minister. And world missions is very important because God is the creator of all people. And he cares about every single one of them equally. In 2 Peter 3.9 it says, He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. That's God's desire. God's redemptive plan is intended for all people. He wants every single person to come to the knowledge of the truth about Jesus Christ. And he does this through his people. From the very beginning, people were instrumental in God's plan for reaching the world. Global and world missions also has its foundation in God's word. When Jesus commanded his disciples to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, and this is exactly what we see the disciples do as we read through the New Testament. We also see that Paul and Barnabas, if you remember, in the book of Acts, were set apart by the Holy Spirit, and they were called for a special work, and that's in Acts 13.2. And they went to evangelize to Cyprus and Asia Minor. Also in the book of Acts, we read about Paul's three missionary journeys, which is first one he did with Barnabas. And the great thing about this first missionary journey is, is that they were able to report to the others the great number of believing Gentiles that they came across. I love reading through the book of Acts as we see Paul go through his missionary journeys. In his second missionary journey, which is recorded in Acts 15 to 18, we see that Paul is with Silas at this point. And as they went through Asia Minor and Greece and settled in Corinth... But we also see here in the stories here that Paul and Barnabas at this time broke off from each other because Paul didn't want John Mark with them. So, while Paul and Silas went on their journey, we also read that Barnabas and John Mark went back towards Cyprus for their journey. And then beginning in Acts 18 is where we read about Paul's third missionary journey. So, what I'm saying is that we see that they went out and they fulfilled the Great Commission. And it was even during those times of the missionary journeys that Paul began writing his letters. And so this is why we should continue to heed that call from God to go out and make disciples of all nations. This means in our own communities, as well as other states, if we're taken somewhere else out of a state, or other countries were to take the gospel to all people. So if we're not called to global missions, how can we fulfill that great commission of reaching others in other parts of the world if we're not called to do that? We have several things here at our church that we that we do to help others. Our youth, the teens do one child And when I was talking to Pastor Corey about that, he said that every one dollar given, one child hears the gospel. They also do speed the light. And their message is, until all know. And I was reading their paperwork and I love what it says. It says, in our day, God summons us to plant the gospels in all nations and generations. Indeed, the gospel can grow in the driest soil. Amen? Amen. Amen. Our younger kids do BGMC buddy barrels. So if you see any of our young kids, I stole this from Elena, don't tell her. Although if you do have some change, she would love for you to put some change in this tonight. I I think she might forgive me if that happens. She also wanted to take a dollar bill out of here to go get something to eat in the back. I told her, no, this is for the missions. <laughs> anyway, so this is a Assembly of God missions program for kids, and it instills a heart of compassion to reach the lost through praying, giving, and going. And if you have young kids and they get, they're given this, explain to them why they have this that it's not just a money collector, but explain why we're collecting money. And all the funds that are raised through the BGMC, they go to meet critical needs around the world, such as feeding programs, water wells, Bible schools, curriculum, and whatever else a missionary needs in their part of the world that they're working in. If you remember a few Sundays ago, Pastor Corey talked about when he went to a youth camp, and they did an offering and all the kids at the, at the youth camp gave money and then other churches and other businesses and they heard all about this and they doubled the money and they doubled it more and more and what happened was they ended up raising enough money to help build water trenches in Burkina Faso in Africa and that is awesome because if you think about it when we read about gets one child to know the gospel? Or when they see missionaries coming to their country and help building water supplies for them? How much does that go out? That one child that you're reaching with your $1, they'll go out and they'll talk to their friends about what they've learned. And then they'll talk to their parents about what they've learned from their friends And this is how the gospel gets reached to all. There's also child hope that's provided life-transforming education for children in 20 nations of Latin America and the Caribbean for over 50 years. They're giving children hope, education, and most importantly, they're being told the gospel. And they're able to have a real encounter with Jesus Christ. There's also World Missions and Convoy of Hope which partnered up together and they're providing emergency relief to the Bahamas following the hurricane and there's still time to give and support that. World Missions is also helping in El Salvador where there's a great need. And as I was looking at all this stuff during when I was writing my sermon here, I love what the Assembly of God World Mission website says. I just love like looking at it and reading it and it's just It says, we reach the spiritually lost with the message of Jesus Christ through every available means. It made me think, am I reaching the spiritually lost with the message of Jesus Christ through every available means I have possible? Are you reaching the spiritually lost? Are we in our mission field Reaching the spiritually lost with every means that God has given to us. Through all of these ministries, think of how many others in that area, and even in our area, get to know about Jesus. So, what can we do? I wrote a couple things for growth work here. And one of the things that we can do is we can pray for our missionaries regularly. Just pray for them. I know a lot of people come here and I love going and talking to the missionaries that come here. And if they come here and they're talking to us about where they're going and what their plans are, don't just bypass them. Go over and talk to them. Find out what they need to be prayed for, what they're going into that they need prayer for. And a lot of them give you cards I have a couple. This is one I pulled out of my wallet. And these cards are great because it shows, this one has the family here, and it shows where they're going, what their name is, how you can contact them, email them. But it's also a great reminder if you have it on you, if you keep it on you, and you're going through your stuff, to stop and pray. To stop and pray for your missionaries regularly that come here. Acts 13 and 14 shows us some of the most vital stories in all of mission's history. It's in these chapters they first recorded sending of missionaries by local church in the Word of God. Paul and Barnabas were commissioned for their task in a worship service. They had singing, prayer, fasting, and laying on of hands. We can pray that these missionaries we support will continually be confident in the Word of God, that they be filled with the Holy Spirit and that they will have victory in the spiritual warfare that they'll be facing and that the gospel will be heard and it will be clear to the people that are hearing it and that their hearts will be opened. We can also commit to faith promise giving and Pastor's gonna come up and talk more about that in a minute. But the easiest thing I think to do is to just put money away to help support missionaries. You can pray with your family about it and figure out how you can put a little bit of money aside so you can give to the missionaries to help them. Have your children collect money. If you're like my kids, you can go into the sofa and find some money there. Get spare change. You can take bottles back. I know the youth, every year they do a couple uh, bottle collecting, where they collect bottles for different things. But then also we have to become a missionary in your own community. Because you don't have to travel far to be a missionary. All around us are ready-made opportunities to meet neighbors and share God's goodness. Like I said, take a walk in your neighborhood. Talk to people. Get involved. Be a neighbor. Meet community needs. Help clean up parks. Start a neighborhood watch. You can do all of this. You can volunteer in your community and in the schools. When you go to restaurants, you can talk to the waitress. Thank them for their great service. When you're getting your hair cut, don't just sit there and have them cut your hair, talk to them. I have a hard time sometimes with that, but I try. When you're going to the store, talk to the people at the store. Find out about them. Invest in people's lives. Because being missionary-minded means that we share the gospel humbly, boldly, and passionately. We should all want to be missionary-minded because we serve a missionary God. And when we support missions and we we share the good news of the redemption that is in Jesus Christ, we glorify God. And then Paul quotes Isaiah 52 again when he emphasizes how important spreading the gospel is. And he says in Romans 10, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe him? And how can they have, and how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him and how can they hear about him unless someone tells them and how will anyone go and tell them without being sent that's why scripture says how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news Lord God I just thank you for this night and I just thank you for this time together that we spent in your word tonight and I just pray, Lord, that we'll all continue to be missionary-minded people and that we'll continue to be bold in our faith and that we go out and we proclaim the gospel, whether it be in our communities or in our schools or in our jobs or if we're called to a far-off place or another state, Lord, I just pray that you will give us that peace, wisdom, and joy to continue doing your will. I also pray, Lord, for all of the missionaries that are called out of the countries that you will give them wisdom and strength and perseverance. And I ask that you protect them because many of them, as we know, Lord, they're they're in places that are hostile to your word. And a lot of them can face persecution and sometimes even death. And I pray that those who have not heard your word, I pray, Lord, that you just open their hearts and they'll be receptive and open to the gospel. And that if there's any barriers in their heart, Lord, that that you'll just open up their hearts and they'll continue and they'll follow you, Lord. And that these barriers will be broken down by the power of the Holy Spirit and that you will lead them to a community of believers that they can learn all about you. It's in Christ's name I pray, amen. Amen.
1: Let's give Keith a hand tonight. Good job, buddy, good job. Would you stand with me this evening? and. Um... Just stand with me, if you would. And I just want to point out some things. Just volunteer in your community, the church. Get to know your neighbors. Pray with your neighbors. Bread of life. I I will be teaching Discovering My Mission, which is our Class 401. If you've not been to that on the 27th, after church, we'll be having lunch together. And I want to walk you through that. Because there's a lot of... I think misunderstanding about evangelism, I know I certainly was confused, and I can just tell you the key to evangelism is relationships, and that's the key. People don't care what we know until they know we care, you know, and I, I just, I encourage you to come and be a part of that. Keith said that I'd tell you a little more about faith promise giving. Faith promise giving is how we support missions here at Woodland. And what we ask every family to do, I talk about this in Discovering Woodland, is we ask every family to make a faith promise for missions. It's not a pledge, it's what you prayerfully think you can do over a year's period for missions. And I'll be talking about this later in the year again, but we just ask you to make a faith promise. And for some it's, it's, you know, they give regularly $50 a month. Some they give regularly $10 a month whatever it is you feel like the Lord has put that you can give above your tithes and that's how our church is able to do so much in missions and by the way Keith those munchkins that you're talking about they've already given six excuse me $1,083 this year already so hopefully you'll get some more change for, for, for your daughter tonight and remind her if God can get it through her God will get it to her but if she takes it out God to stop the flow okay So, reminder of that, okay? Our students have already given $1,687. That's our young people and our children. Can we give them, uh, let's just give them a hand tonight. Father, I thank you so much. I'm looking forward to having Ben and Cami Heilman here with us next month. Lord, two wonderful young missionaries and their children. God, how exciting what they've already done and how you've already used them. I... I thank you for how you're working in Keith's life, Lord, developing his call to preach the gospel. Lord, I, I pray that some of us here will, God, feel, Lord, in our retirement years that we could volunteer, go somewhere and serve a year or two on the mission field, be a help to a missionary. Lord, maybe you're dealing with someone tonight or, God, to go with us when we go back to El Salvador to help with the Abaco Mission in the Bahamas. Lord, I'm asking you, God, continue to build us not only as a missionary-supporting church, but as a missionary-going church as well. Now, bless us as we go home tonight. Give us a wonderful evening. And Lord, give us fruitful and productive days tomorrow for the glory and honor of our Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Good night.